For those of you that have children that receive speech and language therapy services, have you ever wondered why it seems like your speech therapist simply plays with your child? What are they doing? There's another game that they've got on the table. Today we're going to talk about how it is that that works. And I'm going to teach you how to take a game you probably have in your house and be able to use it to teach vocabulary to your child. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children and wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated that your kids argue, whine, or debate with you? Are you afraid you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not sure what to do? Hey mamas, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. My name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get your kids to listen better, understand the clear communication, and the boundaries that benefit kids, and all while enhancing your relationships. So if you are ready to build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. It's playtime. Let's go. Hello, parents. Welcome to the Language of Play, episode 14, using the game of memory to be able to teach your child vocabulary. But before we begin, I want to read a review from Positively Success. She titles it Practical and Fun and gives five stars and says, Definitely helped my mindset around play and experiencing the world through a child's mind. Dina Lynn does such a good job of gently suggesting what might work and inspires me to try it. Parents, that is exactly what the Language of Play podcast is all about. I want to inspire you to try different things with your children to be able to increase their skills, your relationship, and your connection and communication. Today, I'm going to try to inspire you to use a game that you have in your house, the game of memory. It's a very common game that many of us have, and if you don't have it, you can probably find it at the local Goodwill, because they're often at rummage sales and all over. This common, common game can be used to teach vocabulary, language, grammar, descriptions, adjectives, all kinds of things. Last week, I had a a mother asked me, how is it that you use the game of memory to be able to teach vocabulary? She was at home and she automatically put it out on the floor and it wasn't working for her. She described how she put it out, just all of the pictures at once for her four-year-old child that has a language delay. So here's what we talked about. And here's how it is that she's able to change how it is that she uses the game to make it appropriate for the age and stage of her child. In doing this, you will see that you can do this with your child too. If your child has never seen the game before, the first thing you want to do is let them explore it. Let them look at the pictures. Name some of the pictures. Let them see it and feel it and all of the orientation that comes from looking at a new product. When they're ready to play it, Take a small portion of the game to play. Don't try to play all of the game at once because there's a lot of picture cards in that game. But instead, if your child is very young, 
take maybe three cards. I, I mean, three pairs. So there's six cards. Talk about what it is. Show the match to it. And then start talking about those words that mean to make a pair or to match. Now, if your child is very young or if your child is language delayed, what I want to say is pick one of those words. Either use the word match or use the word pair or use the word they're the same or say identical. It doesn't matter. There's no magic in which word you use. The magic comes in being able to say the same word repeatedly until the child gets the concept of what it is that the word means. So first, you're letting the child explore the game. Second, you're going to begin the game looking at the pictures and naming them face side up. Third, you're only using a few cards when you start. And then with those few cards, you're going to be matching them together and using the word match. And then after that, you're going to turn them over. But you're only going to use that small batch that you've just introduced to your child. You're going to turn the small batch over. If your child is real young, you're going to say, oh, let's hide them. Let's hide the pictures and peek. And if your child is a little bit older, you're going to say, let's turn them over and let's see if we can find the pairs. But the trick here is that you're going to use a small amount of cards so that your child is able to get the concept of matching. They're going to do it repeatedly. Now, if your child is above three pairs, start with five pairs, something like that, and then eventually add on a little bit more. Let's say that your child has gone through those four steps. Let's say them again. The first step is let the child explore a new game. The second step is to look at the pictures and name some of them. The third step is select just a few to really play with. And the fourth step is to turn them over so that they are upside down and you begin the matching and hiding process. Know what it is ahead of time that you want your child to learn from doing this game. If your real goal is to just build vocabulary from the pictures, then you just play with those pictures face up. If your real goal is to develop concepts like match, pair, identical, and all these other words that mean similarities and differences, then those are the words you're going to use. If what you're wanting to do is teach your child colors and have practice with color vocabulary, then that's what you talk about. If you're trying to categorize things and build language skills and show your child that these things go together because these pictures are all animals and these other pictures are all toys, then that's what it is that you're using these pictures for. So having a good knowledge of what it is that you actually want to use this game to teach will help you to use the game in a way that is going to be successful to teach that skill. Now, if you have a child that is able to do a lot more than that, or let's say you have an older child that is playing with a child that is very young, 
there's a lot of ways that you can morph this into being something enjoyable for all ages. If your one-year-old is just trying to say the word cat, your 10-year-old might be working on words like feline. If your second language learner is playing this game too, maybe they're going to be saying, yes, cat, to the sibling that they're playing with. But in their mind, if they're more advanced, they're going to be trying to say the colors in the language that they're trying to learn as a second language. Maybe you're going to be raising your two-year-old or four-year-old, ten-year-old, whatever, in the two languages, and you're going to play with going back and forth in English and your language. Maybe you're going to be naming the colors or the shapes or the sizes or any of the other features that you see in the cards in those languages. So that is one way you can apply it to an older child. And it is a way that you can take a common game and help your younger or your language-delayed child to find the vocabulary that matches the pictures. Now I want to add one more thing. There is the classic game of memory, which is what I used to describe in this particular episode. However, I have three games of memory. One of them is your classic standard, like I talked about. Another one was a whole bunch of children from different parts of the world that we would be able to describe the faces and the clothing and colors and styles. And the other game that I had was frogs. In that game, the vocabulary would be verbs. It would be all the doing words that the frog was doing, jumping and running and flying a kite and all kinds of silly things. There isn't a right way and a wrong way to do this memory game because you can morph it to be what it is that you want it to be and to use it how you want to use it. And frankly, when you are an adult and you have played memory many, many times, it's a little more interesting. If you can change it to do something else, be something else, and think about something else, it makes it a little more interesting for us too. Now, if any of you have a question on how it is that you can use your memory game at home to be able to help your young child or your language-delayed child or your dual-language learning child, or even if you simply want to add more depth and playtime with your typical developing child, Thank you for joining me today. I hope you too feel inspired to try something new with your kiddos, to try to use some resources that you have in your home in a way that they were not developed to be used. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.